This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Good afternoon, Cherries fans, and welcome to this latest opposition preview show here on Up the Cherries in all departments. So, of course, we was beaten by Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park last time out. Bit of a poor performance, really. Um, But we can put things right in our last home game of the season when we welcome Manchester United. Now, before I do welcome on my special guest, here's a bit about our sponsors, Dental on the Banks. find out what they can do for you visit dentalonthebanks.co.uk so manchester united do have plenty to pay for, play for unlike the cherries who maybe could be attributed to being on the beach I'm sure gary wants to finish on a bit of a high manchester united though are level on points with newcastle they both are on the same amount of games um, newcastle have got a better goal difference but breathing down both of their necks is liverpool 
the former team in the Premier League. To discuss this game against the Red Devils, it is a pleasure to welcome back onto the show Maisie from Devils United. Welcome back, Maisie. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Craig. How are you doing? Yep, all good, all good. And relieved now we are safe. But you've got quite a bit more to play for than Bournemouth, haven't you, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to... I think I'd say so in terms of that, just because there's just been too many opportunities where Man United should have finished it off and haven't. But I am really happy for Bournemouth um, because I remember speaking to you before the season started and I remember you saying I'd take 17th. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you've definitely over that. Yep, 14th. I'm more than happy with that. And to be fair, um, the lowest we can finish at this point in time is actually 16th, I believe, now. So, yeah, it's very, very good. It's very, very good. Um, but, of course, Manchester United, you expect to be really in the top four. Um, really expect to be challenging for titles and things like that. But it has been an improvement on last season, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Eric Ten Hag has done a great job at Manchester United. He's managed to sort a lot of problems out. He's managed to actually get some discipline into the squad. And Luke Shaw even admitted this is the first time in a long time it's actually happened in the dressing room where you actually are seeing discipline. And I, I've always said that I think we are going to finish fifth. But if we finished fifth and got a trophy, I'd be happy with that just because we haven't won a trophy in quite a while. And I know that Manchester United, based off... How, if you looked at each player individually, you'd say, yes, they should be competing for titles. They should be competing for the league. But I've always said is that it's so much of a struggle when it's the team is so unbalanced as well. Um, and I think that's going to take a few transfer windows for Tenaghi as... Uh, we have been reading reports that he is wanting to let go about uh, for between eight, uh, between five and eight players in the summer. Yeah. So I think that will be a big, massive backlog uh, getting rid of. And um, I think that this is the first time in a long time I could happily say is that I feel comfortable, comfortable with the manager I've got. Um, because that there was always that little bit of uncertainty with Ollie and Jose Mourinho. We rocked it, didn't we? Really? Um, yeah. And Louis Van Hal, I wasn't a fan of. Um, so I do really like Eric Tanag. To be honest. Eric Ten Hag has been the real, the best manager really since Sir Alex Ferguson, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I would like to say so. I think he really has. I think he's changed the atmosphere with the fans. That he, you can tell that he he has that a bit more of a connection with the uh, like he he's always he's even said from the very beginning, don't we're not going to be in a title race, and I think that's something a manager has never said. It's going to take time. I'm doing a three-year project here. I, I do want to ch- compete for everything. I'm going to put my strongest team out week in, week out, no matter who we play, no matter what the competition is. Sometimes I'd probably say that as Bittles, uh, but yeah. he is only very new into the Premier League as well, so I am going to expect mistakes from him. I am going to expect mistakes from the new signings too, but I do think he's absolutely superb. And there was a video where uh, Tanag picked up a green and yellow scarf yeah. <laughs> and he started waving it. 
people were laughing, saying, oh, Tenag is great, plays his own just like us. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have, um, you, you got far in Europe. Um, you did go out against Sevilla, though, in the Europa League, um, which I think, you know, must have been really disappointing because I think you must have been thought that you was one of the favourites for that competition. Mm-hmm. I think you knowing the teams that we have knocked out, like Barcelona mm-hmm. is a massive team to knock out, who's won La Liga recently. Uh, we played Real Betis. Um I think we have done it the hard way in Europe and I think being in a lot of competitions, that hasn't helped. Um, I, As much as it's nice to uh, be in every cup competition, go to every final, I think it's not always possible. It's not... It, you are going to expect injuries, but we have had a fair few this season. The thing is, is with Seville is that they are a very good team. Even though that they haven't done so well this season, they're the best in the Europa League and they have shown the class against us. So I think I, I definitely was disappointed, but I think that just gives us some more opportunities now to come, uh, to uh, rest the players, bring some players back who was coming from injury because Garnacho was injured at the time. Ericsson mm-hmm. was uh, was injured at the time as well. So getting them players back and then we've got the FA Cup final in a few weeks. We've got three more games left of the Premier League. So they're what we need to concentrate on. The top four and that FA Cup should be our priority now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, at the start of the season, though, it didn't look like it was going to go this way um, because, of course, there was that thrashing by Brentford, wasn't there? Um, which was mm-hmm. really, really disappointing. Um, there was that trip to Cyprus where Man United, you know, really did let themselves down. Um, but do you think, you could you see at that time, you know, what was going to happen? Do you think that Ten Hag was finding his feet and, you know that the club was just left in a bit of a mess previously. Yeah, I do think the club has been in a mess for a while anyway, but <laughs> I do think that he, he... I don't think at that time he knew what his best 11 was because yeah. you could see that he was still playing the unbalanced back line of uh, Maguire and Lindelof in the back and you could see that he, in the first two games he was playing Scott and Fred, so it was a bit like how well he used his lineup. <laughs> so I, at that time I did think maybe he just doesn't know we start at 11 and pre-season is always so different compared to when you actually get into the league itself because he's, it only, I think I always think the pre-season, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because we did have a great pre-season and then we had a, a poor start of the season. But <laughs> after that Brentford 4-0 loss, uh, Eric Ten Hag actually made the players run the difference compared to what us and Brentford players actually done. Um, and I think that was like 12 kilometres or something. So we made them run. So usually they have a day's break uh, after the game, but he did not let them have a break. He made them run that following day um, as a punishment. So every time we lose and we get battered, he punishes the players. He makes them go back into training the following day and he, sh- and he makes them prove to this is not right. And I think... Now he's finding he's got the best out of Luke Shaw, which I think has been brilliant having that competition there with Malasia. Um, I think Fred, knowing that he's got Casemiro now, has been looking a lot better. Um, there has been some 
players who I would say is a bit disappointed, is, uh, disappointing as well. Like, um, Maguire's been a bit disappointing. I do think De Gea has been more disappointing this season and even Sancho. But I don't want to go at Sancho too much because he has had a lot of personal issues off the pitch. So yeah. I don't really want to go at him too much there when I do say disappointments. But I think he has shown that he knows what he wants to do. Like, bringing in Lissandro Martinez, our only left-footed centre-back, that's really worked out a treat. And then he's injured, he brings Luke Shaw as a centre-back. So yeah. it shows he wants that left-footed uh, defender there. And the fact that he's fearless of dropping certain players, that really speaks a lot as well. I do feel for him in January, because yeah. there was obviously... Uh, the transfer window wasn't as good, but I do say under the same breath we did overspend in the summer. Um, oh, we shouldn't have spent the amount what we spent on certain players. We could have gotten for far less if we if we actually tried in the June instead of rejecting it, or instead yeah. of going for certain players and waiting too long. Um, but we always knew there wasn't going to be much investment in January anyway, knowing the current um situation with the Glazers ownership. So I, I do feel from in that remarks, but based off knowing that there isn't any striker and there has been a fair few injuries, I still think he's done very good. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Of course, recently, um, you've fallen to two defeats away from home against Brighton and also against West Ham. And of course, you're away from home, away from Old Trafford. Um, at Dean Court, um, do you think that there is a risk that it could be three away defeats in a row? There's a possibility. Our away form is so poor this season. Mm-hmm. I think the man, the reason why we've probably stayed up as high as we have is because of our home uh, wins. Because I, from what I can think of, apart from the Brighton yeah. uh, game, we actually haven't lost at home. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've actually won our draw, drew all the other games. Um, and I think out of, as... Premier League has said the top 11 yeah. uh, we have only beaten one team which was Fulham mm-hmm. um, at that time and we have been doing poor with West Ham I think with West Ham we was very very lucky that um, it wasn't 4-5 nil up because there were so many disallowed goals there um, I think the defence was all over the place but with the Brighton game I'm, as much as I was a bit angry with it I wasn't I, I do think that I don't blame the defence as much as I did for the West Ham game because I do think the defence was very, very solid. And I do think it was a very silly handball to do in the box in the final couple of minutes of the game. But Mm -hmm. I do think the forward line has been very, very dry in the recent weeks. Um, I am worried coming to the Bournemouth ground because I do think Bournemouth under Gary Neal has been absolutely superb. Um, and I do think it is going to be a test. And as much as I know you, you're safe now, you're still going to want to try and avoid going down the table, especially knowing there is going to be teams in the, in that area who's going to want to pick up points. And I think the thing is, is when you know Man United is under pressure, they play like they're under pressure. That's the only problem. I'm sure that Gary O'Neill as well wants to go out with a bit of a bang this season at home. Um, and of course, there's also the small matter of the following weekend. Um, we have an away trip to Everton as well. And I think you've got to look at it this way, that it's only fair that 
the players aren't on the beach for that game because there could be so much riding on it. You'd hope that whoever Leeds are playing, whoever Leicester are playing and whoever Forrest are playing also have that same mentality. But of course, there could be teams that are on the beach. But Man United definitely won't be because Liverpool have kind of caught up a little bit. They still have played a game more than yourselves in Newcastle. What do you think you need to do to actually get across the line? Do you think it's going to take two wins or do you think you're going to have to win every single game to, because Liverpool are in such good form? I think from what I read, we only needed six points to secure the the, uh, the Champions League spot um, yeah. because... Yeah, only six more points, but then, of course, if Liverpool went and got the six points, then it's going to be a much different situation because they do have a better goal difference than us. But I think working it out, if we lose any of the games and we win, they win both their games, mathematically, they will get in. So (laughs) I think if we get at least the six points, because we've got Bournemouth, Chelsea, and then we've got Fulham last day of the season, um, and I think they're going to be interesting games as um, uh, taking Bournemouth aside with the poor uh, side, what Chelsea has got at this moment in time and Fulham, uh, they've been on great form this season. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be hard to rule out any team of who they can get points against. But I think the thing is, is that we're going to probably look at the home games in particular now and go, right, these are going to where we need to pick up these points. Um, and we've got two out of the three. The games are actually at home. So if yeah. we actually won both our home games, we are safe. Um, but I do like to get a win as well against Bournemouth. Sorry, Craig. Yeah, uh, that's I all want, right. <laughs> I want to get the highest that I can in the league. And um, Newcastle have got their game in hand tonight um, against Brighton. So that's going to be an interesting one. I don't. I, I know other um, people like to celebrate other teams losing, but I have that thought in the back of my mind is, if I, if I do this, it'll come calmer at Man United. So I'll never <laughs> do it unless Man United is playing. Of course, you've already won a trophy as well. And you mentioned Newcastle there. You won that trophy against Newcastle. Um, but you could win another against... Um, how do you like to refer to them? Manchester? Mm. Well, that lot across Manchester? Uh, <laughs> the horrible side of Manchester. The horrible Wait, side of Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course, you could win a second trophy against them. Um, they're in the Champions League final. Do you think that that might just give you the impetus because they're going to be so focused on that trophy that they've never won? Mm. I think for me, all the pe- I don't know what's first out the Champions League and the FA Cup, to be honest, but I actually haven't looked when the Champions League date is. But if they went and played that first and they lose that, mm-hmm. I think that's go- they're going to have the opportunity then to go at us. Um, and I know Pep Guardiola was wanting to win the FA Cup from what I've been reading this year because yep. it's been a while since he's won it. I think he's only ever won one um, at his time at Manchester City, which actually surprised me. I did expect Pep to have a bit more than one. Um, but the Champions League is definitely going to be one that they want. Um, if they do win the Champions League, I guess it's down to us that we need to stop their treble. <laughs> we don't want them to, uh, we don't want them to have our history. But... Um, 
I think it will be an interesting one. I think hopefully both teams will be up for it. If you're looking at both play, if you're looking at players individually on paper, you know Man City's got the better side. <laughs> um, but we we did play better than them at Old Trafford. I know there was that controversial Bruno goal, um, yeah. which a lot of people were unhappy about. Um, but I can't see that happening again at Wembley anyway. Um, I think I've seen something. Paul Tierney was the referee for the FA Cup final. So let's hope Paul Tierney will do us a favour. And I think Stuart Atwell's on VAR. So uh, God help us. Well, it, I've just had a quick look. And it is actually the FA Cup final first before the Champions League. So the Champions League is on the 10th. The FA Cup Ooh. is on the 3rd. So you could, well, beat them. And then they go into that Champions League game. You know, mm-hmm. realizing they can only do the double, they can't do the triple. Um, that of course Manchester United did in 1999. Oh, I think knowing that, I think they may have their minds more on the Champions League, but knowing it's a derby, anything can happen. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, I know you're gonna hate me for bringing this game up. But I think we better bring it up because it is the team that is directly below Manchester United. Um, what the hell happened in that game against Liverpool? Uh, all I can say is that we lost our heads. Um, we didn't play for the badge. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, I think after that game, I, not that I was doubting the manager, but I was doubting a lot of the players. Um, Just because I've always said is that if you can't turn up against your rivals, why the hell do you deserve to pl- play for this uh, for this club? Why the hell do you deserve to wear the badge when you can't even turn up against one of the biggest games? But I did, to be fair to myself, I did predict us. I didn't actually predict us to win, um, but I didn't predict us to get battered either. But um, <laughs> I think I predicted a one-one draw because I did say like, despite Liverpool's form. Um, You'll probably agree when I say this, Craig, as much as it's going to make my stomach queeze when I say this as well, is that um, Anfield is one of the best stadiums at this moment in terms of Premier League, in terms of Europe. Not many teams succeed 
going to Anfield, not many get any get a point hardly. Um, and but, yeah. you know what we did at Anfield, don't you, Maisie? Yes. Yeah, that's why I have to put my head in my hands because I'm thinking, yes, we. Although it must have been bad being beaten seven nil. Um, I, I don't think our performance is going to be beaten for some time at Anfield. Well, um, we'll unless, unless Southampton <laughs> come back up, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, see, every, do you know what? You're going to get so many people in the Bournemouth community liking everything you do now, Maisie. You do know that. Now you've said that. (laughs) Well, at least they, you know, we've only done it once, but they've done it twice. But yeah, I can imagine that was a horrible game, you know, considering you was doing well up to that point. You'd won the FA Cup, hadn't you? And you a couple was it a couple of weeks beforehand? Maybe yeah, even I think a week it was a week or two before or something. I mean that was our first game back since the cut trophy win. Um so you'd think that the team was on quite a high. Um but the thing is people were making excuses like the team's tired, the team the team's got injuries. I was like, but that doesn't matter if the team's got injuries. It doesn't matter if the team is tired. There's a difference between actually putting the effort in I'm wanting to try and win. I'm completely giving up. There's a difference there. Um, if, for instance, I, I, if for instance we lost seven nil, but we actually put effort in, uh, put the effort in, and actually trying to uh, to do better, it wouldn't have angered me as much. But it was the fact that the team completely gave up. Uh, I never seen M- Martinez have a worse game in a Man United shirt that day. Uh, Bruno was all over the pitch, um, and to be honest, um, I actually don't even know what the hell Rashford, Weggers, and Anthony was doing that game. Like, I, but you can't. That's what I say. You can't blame the injuries. You can't blame the over uh, overplaying. Is you've got to turn up against your rivals. It's as simple as that, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's the same for yourself. Like, if you got humiliated by your rival, you, you know that you'd be f- livid. Yeah, at least we got the better of them at St Mary's. That's the main thing, really. It's very hard to go to St Mary's as well. <laughs> Maybe not this season, but it used to be. Oh, yes, it did used to be. Um, to be honest, we hadn't won there. Well, actually, we did win in our relegation season, but um, yeah, it, before that, it's been all awful place to go but um Manchester United have been linked actually this morning with Sadio Mane um coming in that's a rumor that is going around but do you feel what do you feel Ten Hag needs to do for the next season I, I have seen Sadio Mane links, but I didn't know if it was to Man United or not. I don't think he would want to come to us, though. Do you know, just because of that Liverpool links, and I do think, hmm. as much as like his international manager didn't want him to be at Liverpool, I think he still has respect for Liverpool because he has won everything there at Liverpool. Um, yeah. I think he is a great player, though, bear in mind, but you do need to look at why does Bayern Munich, who's one of the top clubs in the world, want to get rid of him? Um, and that's something that kind of worries me in a way, but I suppose you could say the same about 
Real Madrid at the time when they sold Casemiro. Why do they want to sell Casemiro kind of thing? But um, um, what was the other question? Sorry. What do you feel that um, he needs to do ahead of next season to push um, yourself a little bit closer to Man City? Because yeah. really, you have got the ability to get to that level. I think if we finish fourth, the next thing would be third. And then that yeah. that's his second year then. Uh, if we go into Champions League, great. Uh, actually go further than the, uh, the group stages would be one for me. Um, I think one that I would like to do is I'd like to actually try for uh, one of the domestic cups again. I don't think we're going to win the Champions League, not by a long shot. I don't think we're going to win the Premier League, not by a long shot either. Um, it's going to probably be Man City again and whoever else turns up because uh, it's all dependent on what Liverpool doing their transfer window and if uh, ch- how posh does it Chelsea and that's all that what needs to be taken into consideration and we're seeing teams who are doing well of Aston Villa and Brighton this season so they could be ones who could even potentially contend as well as Newcastle in the top four uh, so I think the Premier League is becoming very very um, competitive um, recently with all the teams who are really, really are showing up this season. Even the relegation fights looking so good. So we, I think the thing is, is, is it's hard to have objectives, especially with the current ownership situation too, just because we don't know, like, we don't know what's happening. We don't know who's getting who. We don't, From what I've read, they're the, the putting a fourth bid in and it, it is taking quite a long time, Um, I would say. But I suppose... It is expected too that it's going to take a while. There is no rush, uh, for the owners to go. Um, so I think that's all going to be taken into consideration because people are saying is that we're going to have limited budgets. Um, if the the Glazers decide to stay, and I just turn around to them and say, "How do you know it's a limited budget? Have you seen the Manchester United books? Have you spoken to Avram and Joel Glazer, um, about the budget because?" I don't know what the budget is, so tell me how you know. Of course, you always wanted to get rid of the Glazers, and mm. um, I bet it's going to be a massive relief. However, is there concern as well that you know whoever comes in has to have big pockets at Manchester United? It's not mm. it's not any old club. Let's be honest. I think the thing is, which is a shame, is that you do need the, the wealthier type owners to actually compete these days. You, yeah. you don't, you can't add the limited money, uh, limited money, and do well. Like you're not gonna ever see a, a Brian Clough, Nottingham Forest, the Derby ever again. That's just not gonna happen. Um, so you are gonna need investments. Um, Sheikh Jassim, um, he wants to buy hundred percent of the club. Um, he put a fourth bid in recently. Jim Ratcliffe only wants fifty percent. Three out of the five Glazers definitely want to sell. Joel and Avram doesn't want to sell, uh, from what I've been hearing. So Jim Ratcliffe will go into partnership then with the Glazers because the Glazers only own seventy percent of the club. Um, I don't know how much you've watched, but there is Class A and Class B shares as well at Manchester United. Um, so the Class B shares are only directed for Glazer only. So anyone yeah. who buys Class B shares will automatically change to Class A shares and Class B shares are twice as powerful than Class A shares. So despite Jim Ratcliffe buying Glazer shares, he will change to a Class A share. 
And, and even though he owned 50% of Manchester United and Joel and Avram owned 20%, um, they will still have more say than Jim Ratcliffe in the club. Mm. And it's a strange situation. I don't know how that all works, but... Neither do I. No, I have no clue whatsoever how it works, but you can see why Manchester United want a full sale. Um, yeah. We have had a lot of process saying full sale only, because <laughs> uh, I think from um, what I've been hearing, if Jim Ratcliffe was to buy a club, the Glazers staying for a minimum of two more years. <laughs> and it's like, we need to actually try and do something here, because this isn't the same Manchester United uh, since 2013. I know the Glazers are there back then, but you look at, for instance, the the last two years of the last I say last three years of Sir Alex Ferguson's. Yeah. Let's look, like that doesn't that that squad. I think even though they had great players in it, they were becoming aging players, and I think they were looking <laughs> to win titles then as well. Personally, in my opinion, and I think. That is probably the best move now going forward, especially knowing that the club's in debt. And I know a lot of people think the the Glazer ownership is the worst thing ever to exist in football. But I've always said is that there is a football club who's got worse owners than us, who have got the the clubs at point of liquidation, who've got the the club at point of that the stadium is in, inhabitable. We are at that stage. Um, so we do need to think at that point is that we are luckier than a lot of other clubs out there. Um, but we, I think the thing is, is that the fans themselves don't help the situation. Uh, in my personal opinion, where you're seeing, uh, where you only see Glazers out trending when it's uh, when the transfers don't go right or when there's a yeah. loss, and that I think for me, if that was yourself and you've never seen pictures online that protested. You would think, is this what Manchester United's about? They only want the Glazers out when it suits them. <laughs> um, and then you see, like, uh, in match days, is that um, the megastores packed out. Yeah. That really doesn't help the situation. If they want to buy from the megastore, I'm not going to, like, it's up to you. Like, because <laughs> I've got a season to get out of the women's team. But, and that's another thing that's going very, very sour at the moment, too. So, but. I've always said I'll always back the women's team, no matter what. Um, but you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Well, we've got to predict this game in a yeah. moment. But before we do that, uh, Macy, I'm going to make you full screen. Just tell everybody where they can find Devils United. Thank you so much for having me on, Craig. Um, it's been a fantastic video. Um, you're a really good person. I think you're absolutely doing fantastic on your channel as well. My YouTube channel is Devils United. Um, I do United content on there for men and the women's football. You catch me on there. My Twitter's at two underscores, maze1012. Thanks again, Craig, and I've really enjoyed this video. Not a problem at all, Maisie. And all the links will be below. So please, please, please go and subscribe to Maisie's channel. So like I say, we've got to predict this game. Um, Bournemouth have got nothing really to play for, apart from moving a couple of places up the league. You know, to be fair, we're probably not going to get to 11 for 12 because Palace and Chelsea are four points ahead of us. We could get to 13th where Wolves is. We couldn't also fall to about 16th in the league. So 
Um, how do you reckon it's going to go, Maisie? I think there could be a possibility. It could go either way. Does <laughs> um, Bournemouth has done absolutely brilliant. One who I've actually been noticing a lot of is Billing. Um, yes. He's been in terrific form at the moment, and that's someone who Manchester United really needs to stop. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet. We've got Varane back, which is a great positive. Um, I'm going to go for a, a very narrow 2-1 win for United. I'm kind of hoping that goes the way. But yeah. in my back of my mind, I don't know why 1-1 one, one keeps drawing in my mind. But I'm not going to say 1-1. One, one. I need to like have some kind of back in here. So, yeah, I'll go 2-1 instead. Do you know what? It's funny you said that because in the back of my mind, 1-1 one, one was the score I was going to go for. And I think it's because we want to finish with a bit of a bang at home. However, I think Man United need the points more. And I guess it's probably not going to do either team any good, is it, really, that result? But I think we'll probably cancel each other out. Yeah, I think it'll be great defence this displays by both but the thing is is it, it's getting a bit alarming when you're not get, even getting a, a shot on target for 40 minutes in the game I think mean, that's when it starts to get a bit alarming and that's what's been happening quite a lot recently and I think if Bournemouth managed to keep that defence quiet in the first half I think you've got a massive chance of winning or potentially drawing well Let's do another part of this prediction as well. And, of course, we know Man United... Uh, sorry, Manchester City, I should say. And Manchester United, you'd love to be there, wouldn't you, at the top? Maybe next season. Maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> I'd, I'd like to hope that we will potentially compete again. I, I yeah. know a lot of people are probably listening to this and go, like, come on, look at look at how much, <laughs> how much this squad is worth, but... It, I, I think you've just got to also think of more realism, realistic, <laughs> isn't it really? Like, I'd, I'd love to team the, the compete. We haven't had that proper competition in the Premier League. We had it once under Ali, we've had it once under Jose, and they're the only times we've competed for the league. And even then, there was 19 points difference between us and Sitter. So I think yeah. it just really shows the levels there at this moment in time. And knowing that City's got the likes of Erling Haaland... He's an absolute robot. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Well, Man City and Arsenal are probably going to finish the top two. Yeah. But do you think you'll get a Champions League spot? Um, and how do you think it's going to end? Of course, Newcastle third. You're fourth at the moment. Um, on equal points. And then Liverpool are a point behind. I think we'll, prob- I think we'll probably finish fourth. Um, I don't think we'll finish third just because I do think that Newcastle, it will go down on goal difference and they have a really good goal difference. Like yeah. I see someone, I see someone say like, um, how have you, how's uh, Rashford scored all these goals, but you've only got a 10 goal difference. I said, because we lose, when we lose, we get battered. <laughs> 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 it's not so like it's a, it's a, a narrow one nil loss. It's like a, a six, five, seven <laughs> loss. Like it's, it's like when you win, you win great. Uh, or we win by narrow, but if you, when you lose, it's not even a simple loss where you can feel happier. It's a horrible loss. So <laughs> it's just, it's one of them, but uh, I do think we'll finish fourth based off the goal difference at a minimum. Um, 
and maybe Newcastle might draw tonight, but it is at their ground, so we'll just have to see. Definitely. And let's make it a little bit more interesting. Of course, they're, Southampton are already down, but you've got Leeds, Leicester, of course, in there at the moment. So Leicester 19th, Leeds 18th, Everton and Forest just above them. Mm-hmm. Which two are going down with our friends down the M27? <laughs> I'm sure you had a little bit of pleasure, didn't you, with uh, Southampton in a way? You know what? Nothing will pleasure me more than Leeds going down. Like, <laughs> I, like... I, I've never known anyone not to like Leeds. <laughs> I think yeah. every single football club at this point hate Leeds. Um, and I think it's just more because of the fans, not the players um, in itself. Um, I think probably the bottom three as it is are probably the ones who will go down, to be honest, uh, Leicester and Leeds. I think that I would have said um, Everton if they still had Lampard, but now they've got Sean Dyche. They, they, Sean Dyche is one of the managers where... He'll pick up a win by the most horriblest way in the low yeah. block. And he'll have like the likes of Conor Cody or James Tarowski, who's the one who gets a last-minute goal with a Dwight McNeil assist. That's the kind <laughs> of thing that you expect off John Dyche. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's be honest, Everton have got themselves out of it time and time again, haven't they? But we shall see how it all goes. We will have our free-for-all on the Sunday as well at 8 o'clock, so please, please do join us then. Um, Maisie, hopefully you might be able to make an appearance 8pm on Sunday once we know Mm, what score is. No, I won't be able to. It's got the women's game, sorry. (laughs) Oh, there we are. Playing late with uh, 6.45 kickoff, so I'll still be at the game. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we'll catch up with you, no doubt, in the summer. Um, But thank you again so much for coming on. And we shall see you, of course, next season as well. But all the very, very best for getting in the Champions League. Um, I'm sure you'll do it. I think you'll do it. Um, And, yeah, we will see each other next season. And thank you, everybody, for joining us on this show. Please remember to hit the like, the subscribe and the bell buttons below to be alerted to any new videos we do here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. Please also do check out our recent interview with Kendall Rowan um, when she discussed all things Newcastle and, of course, Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall wanting to be centre of attention. He always loves it, don't he? But before, you know, until the next show, Up the Cherries and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.